We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What a pass, Giddy underneath for JRE. The reverse and the rookie to rookie action. Outside the blue door, he'll get the flyby. Three on the way, and he rattles it in. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough step back, gets up the shot, bakes it in. This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We're coming to you live Sunday, May 8th. As gentlemen, we are in the single digits of days until the NBA Draft Lottery. Ladies and gentlemen, it is on its way. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. Got J.D. Silva with me tonight. Fellas. We've got Justin Peabody. Hello, everybody. And the one and only Nick Crane. If there's anyone out there that likes Keegan Murray as much as Jacob, let us know. <laughs> He'll be hard-pressed to find a, a bigger <laughs> Keegan Murray lover than me. I'll tell you what. That shirt's <laughs> ready to make. Uh, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Um, there's something else I was going to say. I totally can't remember what it is now. So let's get the podcast started, guys. Uh, NBA playoffs. Raging on biggest surprise of the second round, Nick. Um, the sun's falling apart. Mm. Offense just is not there at all. I'm sad. I'm sad about it. It's uh, it's been an interesting development for the Suns. Those first two games, I mean, what was that game two? They won on like a 22 to two run in the fourth quarter and just blew the doors off the Mavs. And shout out to the Mavs for responding, man. I think it's it's indicate indicative of home court advantage like i don't know if you guys remember playing as kids when you're in the court that you're used to practicing on and playing on shots fall and i think i don't have statistics in front of me but i'm pretty dang sure the home team has shot 50 or 60 percent from the floor or like 50 percent from three or something crazy in each of these games it's been night and day for the offenses at home yeah mavs hit 23s uh, 46 percent wow Jeez. Tonight, Chris Paul also had five points. That does not help. And six fouls. And <laughs> yeah, apparently, say, his wife and mother out. got assaulted in the crowd. They got pushed by a fan. I think it's weird because the fan was like, he looked like he was thirteen, and Chris said, "I'll see you later." I was like, yeah. "You better not see him later because that's illegal." 
<laughs> uh, Lil Chris is going to beat his ass. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Cliff Paul is going to meet him in the alley. Yeah. Um, Silva, Justin, mm. any other surprises from the second round so far? Stuff that jumps out at you? I've had a lot of fun with watching the Boston-Milwaukee series. That series has been fascinating. Blow out one way, blow out the other way, and then literally like a 0.5 second differential in that mm-hmm. game three. Yeah, it's been awesome. I, I honestly thought after Middleton went down that it was going to be an easier series for Boston, but I kind of forgot that Giannis is incredible. <laughs> Not so easy to forget, but I, nope. I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe maybe me, the best player on planet Earth right now, Giannis Antetokounmpo. <laughs> Hard to disagree. I'd say for me, um, I'm surprised at how whiny the Warriors Grizzlies series is. Like, I was really excited about that series, and I don't know it's been as fun as I'd hoped. Um, it's just been a lot more like drama, John Morant's knee debacle with Jordan Poole kind of being the latest saga in that, but just a lot of complaining happening in that series. One One more thought. Uh, different series, Heat Sixers. I think it's safe to say Joel Embiid's pretty damn impactful. Yeah, he's come back, and the Sixers look like they're taking this one. Um, also, the series I have watched zero minutes of Heat Sixers. Just <laughs> not a lot of interest there on my end. I'm, two I'm just two games without guys. Joel, Miami was waxing them off the floor. The two games he's been back, Philly has dominated. Yep, I'm just. I'm not really a big fan of either of those teams. Don't really care to watch. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies series has been entertaining. Justin Jaw going for yeah. 47. Um, just all the beef. Uh, Draymond doing Draymond things. Yep. Uh, Steph doing Steph things. Uh, the little dosy do move under the basket. Yeah. <laughs> there's. I, maybe it's just me, but the online fans just seem a little more pissy this playoffs. Yes. And part of it is kind of fun. And then, but like I follow a lot of like other podcasters and other NBA guys and seeing the Phoenix Suns guys bitch about the the Dallas Mavericks guys getting upset and the Mavericks guys getting all butthurt that the Phoenix Suns guys are, you know, calling them out. And it's, it's been a lot. There's, there's like a, there's some hatred going on here. Yep. Some same thing with blood. Same thing with Dubs Grizz. Like when oh, Kyle Anderson got ejected. Oh, you wouldn't do that to Draymond. Draymond yeah, gets then, away with it. Which what I mean, a jaw tweet last night. Um, broke the code. broke the code. Mm-hmm. Somebody said you had... he was tweeting like an NFL wide receiver last <laughs> night. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know if you saw. Then people resurfaced clips of uh, Jaw running into Steph's knee from earlier in the season. It's like, oh, broke the code. Anyway, yeah, uh, Desmond Bain diving into uh, Jordan Poole last night. There's just a lot. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun. Um, I'll tell you guys one thing, though, and then maybe this is a good transition. I've enjoyed watching the playoffs. At times, I kind of miss the intensity and the anxiety of when the thunder are in like a pivotal game three, whenever it's one, one uh, and just how everything hinges on that next possession, Mm -hmm. that next basket, that next stop, just that, that intensity, that anxiety. I, I kind of miss it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not the same. I was, I'm, I've been like a pseudo Suns fan since they got Chris Paul, and you know, even watching the last two games of theirs, if they start going down, I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I'm not that stressed about this. Actually, I can just stop watching it and like move on. <laughs> yeah, it's like a drug addict. That was Thunder. I'd be I can stop any time. Yeah. Jacob, you miss you miss the um, the idea of the playoffs. You forget what it felt like time yeah. and time and time and time and time and time again for eleven years. Mm-hmm. Whenever it didn't go all the way through. Yeah, yeah, we got so used to. I mean, I was thinking the you other day. On it. Do you guys remember where you were and how you were acting in that uh, final ninety seconds of Thunder Rockets in Game Seven in the bubble? Yes, that that one was different. I don't think it was different, but I was I was stressing the hell out. I was like, whenever Harden blocked Dort and started like talking that trash, Uh and then uh, Chris missed the little midi. Chris missing a midi in the fourth quarter. Are you kidding me? Um, You know, like I I still remember where I was standing in my living room. uh, The (laughs) the obscenities I was yelling at the television. Like I still vividly remember all of it. That one felt like house money. Like I, I remember where I was just because it was like two mm-hmm. years ago. Like it really wasn't that long ago. Um, <laughs> the one I, do, I will never forget where I was for the Dame goodbye shot. Oh yeah, like that's that's burned in my head. That one, like it's sometimes it's ridiculous, but that one like legitimately pissed me off. Like yeah. I was angry. <laughs> I was like, who does this asshole think he is? Yeah, and and. We were at the point in that series where even if the Thunder had won that game, like yeah. they were probably still losing the series. Yes. Mm-hmm. But just the way it went down, and it was like, oh. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. any of us thought they were going to blow it up the way they did because they were kind of forced into it with the Paul George trade. But I really thought, like, something's got to happen. Like, it feels, it felt very, the way Utah is now. That's how yes. it felt for mm-hmm. Oklahoma City back then. That's very accurate. Yes. Doomed. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, yeah, flat flashbulb moment. And we've kind of rambling on here, but real quick before we move on, just flashbulb moment. When you think Oklahoma City Thunder playoffs, like intensity, um, anxiety, that buildup, what's the, what's the flashbulb moment that sticks out to each of you? Always had a really specific one. I think it was the 2011, 2012 playoffs when the Thunder eliminated the Mavs. I guess that would have been, yeah, 11, 12. Is that when we went to the finals? Uh-huh. Yeah, KD hit a game winner over Sean Marion uh, in like, game four or five of that series, I think. And I was at Jacob's house. I remember a lot of <laughs> screaming and jumping around. It was a good time. Oh, wow. I the one that, that sticks out to me, uh, my brother and I were were in the arena for the Thunder Clippers series. And that's the only time they met each other in the playoffs in that entire Thunder yeah. run. Um, and uh, Russ shooting the three free throws. Uh, and then uh, just me being just a, a freaking wreck and just standing there like literally about to shit my pants as I'm watching that <laughs> final defensive possession where Serge Ibaka <laughs> blocked Chris Paul to, to secure the win and essentially the series. That, that one, whenever I think playoffs, that's what pops into my mind. I Two things in the 2016 run. When the Thunder went up 3-1 on Golden State, I remember I was living in Colorado and going to taco bell after that game and i'm sitting there like eating my probably a beefy five layer grilled if i had to guess because <laughs> i get that every time yeah. um i remember like i was so confident they were winning it all i was like 
this, Me team, too. <laughs> this team is winning a title. I remember texting people like this is this is over. And then a few days later, uh, I was in Denver. It was like a Friday night or Saturday night game. We're like out at the bar. It was game six clay. And I was watching passively because we were at this bar. Like there's a TV kind of in the distance. And I was like watching. Like every time I looked up, Clay was hitting a shot and it was like getting back in the game, getting back in the game, getting back in the game. And then it was over. And all of a sudden I was like, yeah, this this team's not going anywhere. <laughs> Being up 3-1 felt so good. I remember yeah. driving to college like the morning after or something and feeling like, damn, this is like the best morning I've ever had. Yeah. I had no, no faith right in now. them coming out of that regular season that they were going to do anything. Everyone and assumed the Warriors were winning it all. Rattling them off. Uh, I specifically remember that series, Nick. Do you remember remember when uh, Russ hit that corner three and turned around, was yelling at the crowd, yep. and daps yep. up Ray Westbrook yes, on the yes. way back? Like that that's, photo, that's that photo is still everywhere. That's, yeah, that's like an iconic photo. Yep. I remember nearly nothing about that series because my first child was born uh, in the middle of that. Uh, oh, after which game? Well, literally, um, he was birthed a, a moments after game two. Okay, so I was about okay. to say, he's he's not the. Uh... He's, He's not, not the curse. Okay. okay. <laughs> no, no. Um, Thunder Twitter is about to come for Justin's baby. Right? <laughs> Sacrifice. Um, no. No. Can't blame him. Okay. My uh my my flashbulb moment going back to 2011 or 12. No, it was 12 when they swept the Mavs. The that year after they won series, it all. The defending champs coming off that tough Western conference finals loss when you had, you had that huge performance from James Harden. There's that kind of iconic picture of like, I think it's Harden and KD like bumping shoulders and Russell Westbrook's fist pumping in the background in the middle of the American airlines center. And then to go off and then take down Lakers and Spurs after that, it's like you just slayed the dragons on your way to the finals of what was sure to be the Oklahoma city dynasty. Mm-hmm. Um, so close. Talk about a tough stretch of teams. Right? To yeah. Seriously. Like prime Spurs, defending champs, Mavs, Kobe Lakers, big yeah. three heat. Like, holy Nuts. shit. Yeah, yeah, that was tough. Um, man, that fourth quarter at game four against the Mavs, Justin, yes. it was just 10 straight minutes of James Harden running mm-hmm. pick and roll and just absolutely obliterating the Dallas Mavericks. They couldn't stop it. There was yeah. nobody who could stop that pick and roll combination. Um, and then the Russ flip shot in that Lakers series oh, yes. um, downtown at Thunder Alley uh, right before it got shot up. That was, <laughs> that was incredible. Oh, All right. Well, let's talk about the 2022 Oklahoma city thunder guys. Um, first thing I want to talk about tonight, because we are nine days away from the NBA draft lottery uh, each day from here until the draft lottery, I've decided on my personal Twitter account yesterday, it was 10 days to the lottery. So I did 10 tankathon Sims today's nine. So tonight I'm going to do mm. nine spins. Tomorrow's eight, eight spins, seven, six. Yesterday I got one and 12 multiple times, but I also got three and six. And so that prompted me to tweet out the question, uh, thunder fans, what, which result would you prefer? one and 12 or three and six. The answer, the overwhelming answer that I got from probably about like 20 replies uh, surprised me quite a bit. And so I am interested. 
You said don't tell you? Don't tell us until okay. after. <laughs> Sounds good. I want to see where you guys fall on this debate and why. Uh, and we can all kind of pitch ideas back and forth. And and I want the uncontested to come to a consensus on what is the better outcome for the Thunder on Tuesday, May 17th. Is it 3-6 and six or is it 1-12? and 12? I've got – this is a no-brainer for me, although I think they're both outstanding outcomes, so I'm going to let the other two go first. Mm. <laughs> what a tease. <laughs> uh, Justin, you go first. Okay. So <laughs> the question for me comes down to where do you draw the tiers? I think you could come to different conclusions potentially depending on the draft year. So it comes down to how different do you feel about whoever your number one guy is? If it's Chet, if it's Paolo, if it's Jabari, if it's whoever, how do, how different do you feel about him than the bottom person you'd put in that tier? Right? Cause that's essentially what we're talking about. I think everybody feels pretty good about like kind of those top guys how excited do you feel? Say, say Chet's your guy. How do you feel about Chet compared to Paolo? If you feel great about both of those, then the second question is, you know, how do you feel about who you could get at six versus 12? How big are those gaps? And if you feel like, if you can make the argument that, you know, picking at six gets you a much higher caliber player than who you're going to be able to get at 12, which I think is a fair argument. You think of a Josh Giddy at six, not saying that, you know, you'd be able to land another Josh Giddy type player at six, but maybe versus who you could maybe get at 12. Who's probably not in that tier. If you feel pretty good about who you could get at three and you could pair a Josh Giddy esque caliber player with three, that's a pretty strong argument. That said in this draft, I think I'm probably just I'm leaning 112 because you want to get who you want to get. Like having the freedom to make that pick however you want to make it, whoever you want to get, not have to wait on one and two to make the call. I think that's the answer. Um, in other drafts that maybe have a, a, a little bit deeper top of the draft, maybe you feel more okay about three and six. But in this one, I think you take one. And then I think you feel great about having 12 to back that up. I, I don't think there's a big enough gap between six and 12 that makes you sacrifice not having one. All right. Thought about this a lot as well. And uh, as I usually do with these topics, I've definitely been on the fence the entire time until this very moment. <laughs> <laughs> I think without having the information. Uh, so if, if I go to three and six drought, I would want more information on who has one and two because I'm, I'm a check guy. I don't know if Chet's going to be there at three. And in general, if I have less information, I want a guarantee. And 1 and 12 is a guarantee. You get Presti gets the guy that he wants. Uh, so that's, that's my answer. 1 and 12. I think it's really interesting. And Justin, I think you bring up great points about it. depends on the draft, and it depends on how you feel about where those tier breaks are. I've I've been saying this. You guys can attest to this since before last season started that Chet is Presti's guy. Just the the boxes he checks, the the type of player he is, the type of player that Presti's been going for. Chet is I, I feel very strongly that Chet is Presti's guy. Um side note, 
as we get closer to the draft, I'm feeling Chet might be the one to fall to three. I'm feeling that more and more and more. I don't know if you guys agree with that, but I'm feeling that more and more. My worry is like, it feels like more than really even anybody in last year's top six, that Chet has the biggest boom or bust potential. He's got the lowest floor, highest ceiling. Uh, maybe not the highest ceiling, like Cade Cunningham is going to be really freaking good. Uh, Evan Moby is going to be really effing good. But Chet is the one that has like the lowest floor to me. Like if he misses, he yeah. like this could be like Adam Morrison 2.0 type <laughs> of problem, right? That kind of terrifies me with taking one and 12 over three and six in this class. Um, but it's such an interesting argument. Like Kamiar said, you tank to get number one. Like That's why you tank. I'm sure Presty would love to get number one, but I'm not convinced, especially in this class, that three and six isn't the way to go. Nick, what if do you you're going to get three, six is a heck of a consolation prize. Yeah. It's a good way to put it. Very, very true. Yeah. So no brainer for me, three and six. Hey, there it is. Uh, so if it was, if it was, I think Justin brings up a really, really good point. It's like, how do you view this draft? If this was, the K draft or the Zion draft or one of those drafts where there's like a clear number one, I think one in 12, you have to do it. This is a class where I'm so I think Jabari is still the best guy in this class, like still not budding from that. But five years from now, you could tell me Paolo, Chet, Jabari, Jaden or Shaden could be the best player in this class. I wouldn't be shocked at all because of that. Um, and Presty likes the bites at the apple. And I think if you draft one in 12, you've got a good shot at one of those guys becoming a superstar or an NBA type guy. If you take three and six, I think your percentage of one of those two being a franchise player is actually higher. Even though I think that's not an interesting argument. One. Yeah. Let's look historically. Last year, 2021, the one and 12 would have been Cade Cunningham and Josh Primo. Three and six would have been Mobley and Giddy. So yeah. if it's last year, if you could go back and choose one of those two, which package are you taking? Three and six. Are you kidding me? God bless. <laughs> yeah. Three and six last year is like absurd. Let's go 2020. One and 12. Oh, this is a good one. One and 12 is Ant Edwards and Tyrese Halliburton. Oh Three God. and six is Lamelo and Onyeka Okongwu. Mm. That's a toss-up. This one's 1-12 one for me. I think so, too. I think, I think Ann Edwards yeah. is better than Lamelo this, Ball. This, Maybe that's a hot take. Right, for sure right now. This this draft in 2022 reminds me a lot of that draft, where like it was always kind of Ant 1, but no one actually knew till his name was called. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, taking, I'm taking Ant and Tyrese. In that draft, uh, let's go a few more. 2019, one and 12 would have been Zion and PJ Washington. Three and six would have been RJ Barrett and Jarrett Culver. Ah, pass. Just a bad pick. <laughs> <laughs> they traded up for Jarrett Culver, too, man. Yeah, they yeah. did. Bad move. It's just bad evaluation. I think I'm, you, you got to take the, the Zion yeah. 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 package Upside. in that one. Upside. Probably. I, I don't think there's there's any other argument there. Um, let's go a couple more. 2018, one and twelve would have been DeAndre Ayton and Miles Bridges. 
Oh, this one's pretty easy. Oh, I don't know. Three and six is Luca and Bomba. Oh, oh. I mean, Luca. Take Luca. Top right? five players. Take Give Luka Luka at that point. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> but that one and twelve is really nice depth. But you know? but I want you to go back and think about this, Jacob. Every draft that we just looked back and said one and twelve, there is a consensus number one guy. Every mm-hmm. draft that we took three and six for the most part was one of these kind of wide open drafts. Definitely. Let's do a couple more. Um, Twenty seventeen. <laughs> I, I feel like I keep adding on. We're gonna do go another one. Another one. It's kind of like Tankathon spins. So yeah, 2004. 2017. Uh, one and two. Jesus Christ almighty. This one's <laughs> going to be really easy, guys. One and 12 is Markel Fultz and Luke Kennard. Yes, sold. Don't even need to hear the alternative. <laughs> Could you imagine getting one and 12 and that's what you come oh, out with? Goodness. Jesus. Three and six, Tatum and uh, Jonathan Isaac. Oh my, what like, a yeah, haul. That's that's an easy one. Yeah. Even though one of them is balls deep in QAnon, that's an easy one. <laughs> and then 2016, this is our last one. Um, another uh fascinating one. I think I think we're gonna have some debate on this one. One and twelve is Ben Simmons and Tarian Prince. Three and six is Jalen Brown, Buddy Healed. What? There's gonna be debate on this one? I mean, if Ben Simmons isn't crazy, he's a really, really good player. I think I take Jalen Brown over Ben Simmons almost every day of the week, even if Agreed. Ben's playing and mentally healthy. That's probably fair. I'm team, really probably fair. Team never been. Yeah. Yeah. Never been um, a Simmons yeah. fan. Yeah, maybe that one wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> but we I think you're happy with both of those. One, one twelve versus three six. I mean, we've gone back and forth multiple times. Yeah. I think it's mm-hmm. it's not an easy decision. And I think Nick brings up a great point that if you have three and six, like I I don't know what the percentage odds are that like three becomes an all star uh, or an all NBA, six becomes all star all NBA, and then twelve becomes an all star or an all NBA. Um, but I feel like your overall mathematic chance of getting a multi-time all-star at three and uh, is better at three and six than it is at one and 12. Yeah. Yeah. Until the 2023 draft. (sighs) Yeah. But again, like if there's one of those top four guys that Sam Presti looks at and says like, this is the dude. And there's another one that you look at and say, this guy is not going to be good in the NBA. I don't know if you can take that risk. Yep. Exactly. And if Presti thinks he's going to miss the guy that he wants at pick three, could, couldn't he just trade up at that point? Does three, like three and six get you one? Maybe. I think it really depends on who has number one. Does yeah. if Nick's your GM. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I think it's a really fascinating argument. Mm-hmm. Twitter overwhelmingly said three and six. Oh, okay. Yeah. Overwhelmingly who, said three who, and six. Who do you guys think the Thunder would draft at six? Like the Shaden fall to six? I doubt if it. Shaden's there, I think he's an option. I, th- I think he goes like five. If Shaden's gone at five, let's say the f- top, the first two picks are Chet and Jabari Smith Jr. You feel pretty confident the Thunder are taking Paulo at three? Mm, I actually don't know. I'd feel pretty good about them taking Paulo there. Our, our buddy Jeremy Wu had Jaden Ivey at two on his big board today. That's true. Hmm. Um. Let's say, let, just for argument's sake, let's say it's Chet Jabari, Thunder take 
Apollo at three. Then it goes Ivy. Then it goes Sharp. And the Thunder are back on the board at six. Who do you think the pick is? Hmm. I've been looking at a bunch of different mock drafts. Some people have uh, Jacob's guy, Keegan Murray, at six. <laughs> I do not think Sam Preston's going that route. No. <laughs> he loved Al Horford twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he is he is like pretty damn close to what Al Horford was coming out of college. <laughs> I don't feel like I, I scared really, you, Jacob. <laughs> I kind of think it, it would be the Duke bros. I kind of think he'd go AJ mm-hmm. there. And D and that's that's exactly going back to my reasoning. I think one of those two could be really, really good. Like really, really good. Probably Paolo, not AJ, but what do I know? Nick is very anti AJ. It's all right. <laughs> would you guys be how, how shocked? Scale of one to ten, how shocked would you be if Pressy just drafts Shaden at three? Not, not very zero zero percent. Yeah. yeah. It's not gonna shock me at all. Nope. Could he end now, up sucking? Absolutely. Yes. But yeah. now if he drafts like Sohan at three, <laughs> oh yeah, my God. I'll be a little surprised. <laughs> yeah. But at least we can make don't mess with the Sohan shirts. Oh, <laughs> oh gosh. That would be sick. And it, he's crazy it, with his hair. He dyes it different colors and grows out after. Yes, Justin over here giving away state secrets on the sorry, live stream sorry. podcast. That is a terrible shirt idea. If anybody <laughs> comes up with that shirt, we're going to clip the it's audio and terrible. reply to your, reply terrible to your merch shirt link. Idea. 100%. So, Again, it, it seems like we are really split on this this decision of one twelve three six. Um, for what it's worth, I'm cool with either. I ain't gonna bitch either way. Go like go I back said, to those drafts. Yeah. Almost every single one of them, besides like maybe one or two of those combinations, would have been a, a good haul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, minus the Markel Fultz, Luke Kennard. <laughs> yeah, haul. That's that's yeah. Other than that. <laughs> God, could you imagine, dude, how excited you would be getting Ugh. one and 12, and then that's what you make out with? Goodness. Which on draft night would have looked awesome because yeah. Markel Fultz was like undisputed number one in that yep. in that class. I don't know if I don't know if any of us back then would have been loving Luke Kennard, though. Luke Kennard is such an anti-Thunder player. Yeah. Especially because that was right after Kyle Singler, or maybe that's right, right I, during Kyle. We would have been saying no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One hundred percent. All right. Well, well. Speaking of like who they would take at three and six versus one and twelve, and and kind of what players Presty looks for. Um, another interesting question I wanted to pose to you guys tonight about the the team building strategy of the team moving forward, um, and kind of looking historically at what Presty has done versus maybe what we think maybe he wants to do. So, what do you think? the Thunder should do? Like, what do you th- you personally think is better? And what do you think the Thunder, and Sam Presti specifically, what do you think their goal is as far as team building moving forward? Is it A, have a team that has a couple of superstars like Russ and KD, and then surround them with specialists, with guys like Anthony Morrow, Andre Robertson, et cetera. What we saw in the past, which, although it didn't result in a title, did prove to be very effective. Or is the better plan to have a team with a couple of low level stars uh, like a Shea Gilgis Alexander, maybe a Josh Giddy or a Chet Holmgren or a Paulo Bancaro. These guys that, you know, are maybe like three, four, five time all-stars after their career is all said and done, but then you surround them 
instead of with specialists, with jack-of-all-trade type of players, players that maybe are experts at nothing, but like deficient also at nothing. They're, they're just kind of like, if you could put the sliders at even across the board on 2K. What's what do you think is the better team building strategy? And specifically, like what do you think Presti is is kind of gearing for in this rebuild? Superstars run the league. Yes. I'll start yeah. there and you guys can wholeheartedly agree, Nick. It is a stars league. I actually uh I heard this stat recently. And I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it into a little bit of a quiz. Only three teams in NBA history have won a championship without a past, present, or future MVP on the roster. Three teams have ever won a title without an MVP. Pistons? That was going to be my first guess. Which Pistons? 04. Correct. Um, okay, not the Mavs. Dirk won MVP. Uh, Did Tim Duncan ever win MVP? I think so. Okay. It's a trick question. It's all the Pistons. No oh way. God, really? 2004 Pistons, 1990 Pistons, and 1989 Pistons. Wow. Mm. So that said, yep. a team of second-tier stars might be great, <clears throat> might be a fun team, might have some success in the playoffs, but history says that team is not winning you a Larry O'Brien trophy. Yeah. You, you've got to have, like, even the way... Jacob framed it where you have like two super or a couple superstars that might not even be enough in the modern NBA. Like you got, you got to have two superstars then like a every other year kind of all-stars or third fiddle. Yeah. Um, you definitely, you can't, you can't even have a guy like Luca who's a top five player in the league surrounded by role players and be halfway decent. Like it flame out. It, it, it's just, it's a superstar driven league. And if you don't have superstars, you're nothing. I don't care if you have, Two two superstar. Or I don't care if you have if you have three of those lower level stars and the perfect role players around them. Mm-hmm. Not going to work. I was even thinking about the most recent finals matchup, the Suns and the Bucks. I was like, well, do they apply? Do they apply to this? And they both are still like the Bucks have three incredible players. Yeah. Suns, as I thought about it more, they still have three incredible yeah. players plus plus some of the role players you're talking mm-hmm. about with the second option. So yeah, I don't I don't know how you get out of this without getting a top. 12 player yeah or a couple of them yeah it's crazy like look the examples that jacob laid out take a a shea josh chet is that roster bringing you a title who's the mvp of those three oh god shea gilgis alexander maybe (laughs) i don't think so i don't feel good about that at all is it shea giddy chet women yama like is that what it like (laughs) Do you need that much to win a title? I think you might. Yeah, I mean, that's that in mind. I think you've got to get your number one guy this draft or next draft because mm-hmm. the guys on the roster now are very good players, yep. but not MVP level. So, who in this draft is MVP level? Jabari Smith Jr. I, God, I knew it before I even asked. <laughs> Should he is six ten, a defensive stopper, one of the best defenders in this in this draft. Shot forty plus percent from three, can can score in the mid range. Has fadeaway. He does it all, man. I think the worry not not to get off the topic at hand here. I think the worry about Jabari is like the self creation stuff. You know, Um, which if that comes around, he's 
going to be a freaking monster. Uh, I mean, to be honest, I, I, I agree. He could definitely improve on that. But there was a lot of games that Auburn had not a soul there to help him, and he just got buckets down the stretch. Yeah. Um, so I missed part of this conversation, but I, I think one argument against the 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 mega superstar and then role players like that fill a specific role route. Like I think Dallas right now is a good example of that. Like Luca is so heliocentric on that team that I feel like it almost drowns out other guys. Um, and I just question like how far that team can run with that. Now, Silva, you mentioned like the, the teams from the finals last year. Uh, yeah, Phoenix has Chris Paul and D book, but I think the guys that they've surrounded them with, um, are like incredibly versatile, uh, kind of do a little bit of everything kind of guys like Jay Crowder. Um, I mean, I know Mikhail Bridges is like a defensive savant, but, but guys like that that I think are, um, I don't know. I, I think that's more the way to go rather than t- to me, this argument really boiled down to like having a heliocentric offense. And I just don't know if that's really viable in the modern NBA, uh, unless you can physically dominate somebody like Giannis on Tenzin Kumpo can. I, th- I think what it is, is you've got to have the star. Like you have to have the superstar, but you can't just have the superstar and then throw some crap at the wall and think you're going to walk into the finals. That that worked for a few years, but we've seen that. I mean, look look at the playoffs this season. The LeBron Nets, and Cleveland, you can't the do that Lakers, <laughs> like the Nets and the Lakers are prime examples of like, all right, we got our stars. Like we're just going to like mash some buttons on the keyboard to build out the rest of the roster and call it a day. It doesn't work anymore. Defenses are too good now. Luca's a great example. It's like Luca and the boys, and like the boys aren't doing anything. But you have the Suns, who they have stars, but then they have a very, very well crafted rest of their roster. And so we get so excited talking about the stars for obvious reasons. And as we look at the draft, we're excited talking about the stars. But it's all those other pieces that are are building your championship team. And that was the thing that always hamstrung the Thunder right? Is they never really got that perfect set of complimentary pieces when they had Russ and KD other than James Harden, who they didn't obviously keep. Like he was the right kind of complimentary piece. They couldn't ever replicate that. Don't ever disrespect Dion waiters on this podcast. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Second most perfect complimentary. Piece. KD wasn't checked out. Yeah. Dion was that guy. Yeah. I, I can't remember what I was listening to or reading, um, but I was reading something not or listening to something not too uh, or fairly recently, um, and, and they actually like right on to what you were talking about, Justin. Like they use the examples of the Suns, of the Grizzlies. I'm trying to remember what other team, um, but essentially, like oh, and the Mavericks. You can draft that star, right? But like in the example of the Mavericks, uh, previous years of poor drafting, mm-hmm. you. Just, you have stuff around him now, but not quite enough. And a lot of that is due to how you drafted before him. On the opposite end of the spectrum, you have the Suns. They drafted Devin Booker early. They had terrible ownership, um, terrible management. Um, they didn't draft well after him. So they had like three, four seasons. I, I can't remember how long Booker's been in the league now. It seems like forever, even though he's very young. But 
they finally have crafted a team around him after hitting on like what two top draft picks and like five or six, you know, five uh, different drafts that they were in uh, picking towards the top. And then like in the middle, you have the Grizzlies. They drafted well a little before Jaw. Um, then they draft Jaw. They draft Triple J. I believe in the same draft. I can't can't even remember now. It's off the top of my head. And then after that, they continue to draft well. Like for example, you see Zaire Williams. Uh, they took a swing on a player who now is playing very meaningful minutes uh, in the playoffs. So I think in this situation for the Thunder, you hope they're more like the Grizzlies, not in the same exact way, right? And like. Presti is obviously not going to mimic a blueprint, but you hope they're going to be more like the Grizzlies than one of those other sides of the spectrum being the Suns and the Mavericks. So that makes sense. I know. I, I can't remember. I, I hope somebody in the comments can uh, <laughs> hopefully credit whoever I'm, I, I listened to or read. I can't even remember this, but I thought that was a really good. Uh, and, and I think that kind of wraps up what we're talking about here. Also. Hi, Taylor. Hi. Welcome to the pod. <laughs> hey, I'm <Taylor>. here <laughs> making my grand uh, entrance welcome so before we move on because we have a little bit more of the pod to go uh let's cut real quick and tell you guys who's paying the bills what's up thunder fans this is jacob from the uncontested podcast and i'm here to let you know that we have fully redesigned our merch store to get you the best thunder swag available just visit cottonbureau.com and search the uncontested podcast to find all of our new designs. That's C-O-T-T-O-N-B-U-R-E-A-U dot com and search The Uncontested Podcast to find new drops like Josh Giddy's Wizard of Oz or an ode to the Trey Man Step Back. We've also got all the classics like Dortal Combat, Lu Tang Clan, and everyone's favorite MVP, Shea Gilgis Alexander. The best part? You can get any design in the style of apparel you want. So if you're gearing up for the summer and want a tank top, needing a hoodie for the winter in Australia, or you're wanting a Pokemon onesie for your baby, we've got you covered. Make sure to go to cottonbureau.com and search the uncontested podcast to get your new thunder gear today we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. Listening to our T-shirts commercial, uh, (laughs) the beat behind it is just chef's kiss. And it made me think. We were recording this podcast. This is currently 9.50 p.m. Uh, By the way, Philly just won. Uh, It's 2-2 now in that series. But it made me think, have you guys listened to the new Kendrick track yet? Yes, I have. I have not. No. But I do know the uh, screenshots of all the the deep fakes that were in that video. That is going to be um, immediate meme material. I haven't watched the video yet. Oh. That that's all I've seen is like screenshots on Twitter of the video where Kendrick is deep faked as like OJ Simpson and Kanye West and Will Smith and uh, immediate meme material. I've only uh, I've only listened to this song once, so I need to need to go yeah, back. But what like week away? Yeah, the thirteenth, Friday. God yep. have mercy on my soul. All right, we are going to play a game <laughs> of take it or leave it. One of our favorite games here on the uncontested. Really easy. I'm going to give you a statement. You guys are going to tell me if you take it or if you leave it. Uh, And then we will debate Nick. Since you're next to me on the little screen thing here uh, on the live stream, you get the first one. Take it or leave it, Nick. The Utah Jazz will have two new starters on opening night next season. Injuries don't play a part in this. Their current starters are Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, uh, Royce O'Neal, Boyan Bogdanovich, Rudy Gobert. Take it. Um, okay. I don't think Royce is a starter. Not, and he may still be on the team. I just think he's a starter. Um, and I'm going to say the second. I don't even think it's it's a Rudy Donovan thing. I think that milks its way one more season potentially. I think it's Mike Conley who might be elsewhere. He looks kind of washed. He does. He does. You guys agree with that? I do. I do. Especially I like by it. one of Gobert or Mitchell have to be gone, and like in that situation, at least two other players would have to be in the mix. Uh, you would think they'd be starting. Like I'm that. with you. I think Gobert might get traded. Who's your Gobert team, Silva? I like Atlanta. Ooh, that's fun. Hey, we have an, 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 an Atlanta take it or leave it coming up here shortly. So, Justin, mm. you are next up. Take it or leave it. Zach Levine signs a new contract, max contract, with the Chicago Bulls. He is like the premier max. free agent of this year's class who's not that's on a so player sad. option. I am taking that, and I feel not great about that if I'm a Bulls fan. It feels like one of those, like, you have to do it. But do you want Zach Levine? Like, is Zach Levine, going back to our earlier conversation, is Zach Levine your MVP caliber player that's going to bring you the Larry O'Brien trophy? I don't think he is. But what other choice do you have? 
you can't yeah, let them walk. walk for nothing. Yeah. And so that's teams get in those situations and it, it's tough. Like I, it feels like you have to sign it, but you can very easily get stuck with a guy who probably shouldn't be your like all in max superstar. Well, I think it, with, agree with the, there. with the uptick in the cap, you can have three max guys. And I think he could be a, a championship third, third fiddle. Justin, let's so say that team those guys. Yeah. Justin, let's say Zach does leave Chicago this summer. What team do you think uh, gets him or makes the most sense for him? Other than Oklahoma City, obviously. Yes. <laughs> Package those picks, baby. Yeah. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> that's a good question. I've got one if you don't. Uh, yeah, let's hear it. A team that just played recently today, the Dallas Mavericks. Um, Mark what Cuban money? is a superstar hunter. They need to get some. I, I use that, you know, I use them as an, as an example earlier. They're looking for those guys. Um, Levine, Gobert, one of them are destined for the Mavs. Nick, sorry, what were you saying? I was just saying what, with what money. With what, or if, what trade if, assets. If, yeah, yeah, the Mavs feel... Because my assumption is Zach, if Zach doesn't go back to Chicago, it's a sign-in trade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, the Mavs just have... I mean, is it a double Ooh. sign-in trade with, with Brunson? Russell I mean, Westbrook, seem... Zach Levine, if, straight if, up. Chicago can't get it done with Levine. What's paying Brunson going to do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, I don't know. It's an interesting one. I, but Justin, I would agree with you. I think Levine is staying put in Chicago. Silva, you got the next one. Uh Oh, take it or leave it. The Phoenix suns give Deandre Ayton his max this summer. That five year, all the money. I think they take it. Uh, I think they're going to give them the max one way or another, either through restricted free agency, just matching uh, another another offer from a different team, or by offering that to him straight up. I think they definitely do that. Agree? You guys agree? Yeah. I think if if he's a restricted and they have to match, they're going to match. And I think if he is restricted and it's like a bidding war, it's going to be a lot of freaking teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he he gets maxed regardless, but yeah, I don't see how Phoenix can let him go. I guess you know, things that's... could get weird if like some more Sarver stuff comes out. That's exactly what yeah. I was about to say. Yeah, Silva. spot on. That yeah, Sarver is a weird dude. That'd be the only thing I think. He's but cheap. even when Chris Paul leaves, like they are still set up for long term success. There, yep. uh, they have a really really good young team. Uh, Taylor, you have the next one. Take it or leave it. Zion Williamson plays more than sixty five games next season. <sighs> Like for podcast sake, I want to say take it, but I cannot do that. I just can't. I'm leaving it. I don't really believe in Zion at this point in his health. Um, we'll give us a number. Him. If you don't think he's going to play 65, give us a number. 41, 50%? I was going to say like 40. Yeah, like less than 50. I think we'll see him. He'll be banged up throughout the season. We'll see him in like spurts of next season. And I just kind of think he'll, you know, Either fizzle out or be like one of those rotation guys. Who um, who plays more minutes, Zion or Wiseman? Ooh, more games funny. rather, not minutes. More games. I actually I, I would put I would put legitimate money on Wiseman. Um, oh, interesting. Go I'm going Zion on this. I'm going Zion on this one. Ooh. See, I think Wiseman's ready to go right now. I think he'll be completely healthy next season, ready. I think Zion is just a uh, his body. It's just due for another injury. <laughs> like as soon as he's going hundred percent, not I to get don't... us off the Zion track, Nick, I know you're, 
Uh, you're a Wiseman guy through and through. Big fan of the three Wiseman probably as well. <laughs> <laughs> the more and more I look at him, and I want him to be good. Like, I want him to play. I'm just seeing like a mirror image of Greg Oden's NBA career. And I hope that's not what happens to See, him. See, that's what I think of with Zion. But that, think, that worries me. I'm, th- there could be parallels there this. too, but Zion has played significantly more than Greg Oden ever did. We need to remember this, like mark this, so that way we can uh, bring it back up in our uh, preseason annual bets podcast because this will be a very good bet. Um, yeah. Like Could I will be a good bet one. you that Zion will play more games versus Wiseman and vice versa. I wonder if Wiseman will play summer league. I hope he plays. I just he I worry that it's just this this constant thing. I mean, how many? I can look it up while you guys are answering the next one. But I wonder like how many total minutes James Wiseman has played in the league so far. It's it just doesn't feel many. like a lot. <laughs> Nick, we are back to you though. You get the Thunder one, Nick. Congratulations. One of the two Thunder ones. <laughs> Take it or leave it. Next season, the Thunder have a better record than the Sacramento Kings. Leave it. Oh. Inspired by the Mike Brown hire? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There it is. I don't know. Mike Jackson. I mean, the Kings are better than the Thunder now. The Kings have pieces believe it or not to make legitimate moves this summer like they've got attractive pieces to contenders like harrison barnes you could probably get something solid for um i don't know i, I just think two seasons from now i think it's a no-brainer the thunder but next season feels a little early to How jump the mafia those mid- two teams are next season oh i think the kings make the plan next year that'd I think be huge thunder finish 12th in the west which could be five game difference could be 10 game different that's that's hard to say interesting i tend to agree with you right now but like i feel like that's going to take additional (laughs) i hate using this term but manipulation right like i think it would take more of a full out tanking sitting guys for that to happen which i'm okay with because i don't know if you guys saw that uh 2023 mock draft that um Gaboni and Mike, uh, I'm going blank on his last Schmitz. name. Schmitz. Schmitz, uh did here on ESPN. They actually have um, have one Binyama mock to OKC at one, which is just amazing. Regardless, going through that yeah, list of guys, why, like why you can't, <laughs> yeah, right? no, it literally, but like one through ten, just like I, I'd be very, very happy with any of those guys. So I tend to lean towards Nick. I just. It's going they, to take a lot of manipulation because I think well, the Thunder are going to be better next season. What you just said, let's say 50 games in, both teams are 20 and 30. Yeah. I think both teams have very different approaches the rest of the way. I also agree with yes. that. The Kings see that and their eyes light up and they say, oh, there's a chance. And the Thunder see that and say, we got no interest in that shit. Leave us be. <laughs> Tank. Press the button. Pull the lever. Yeah, which is a different question. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just saying that the did the Thunder have a better record than the Kings? The different question then are the Thunder better than the Kings next year? 100%. Justin, you have the next one. Take it or leave it. The Atlanta Hawks trade two or more of their young players this offseason. Young players include John Collins, 
uh, DeAndre Hunter, Kevin uh, Herter, Jalen Johnson, and Yeka Okongwu. They seem primed for a consolidation. Um, Silver brought up Rudy Gobert earlier. Uh, some of those young guys for Gobert could make some sense. Nate or Justin, do you think take it or leave it? Atlanta is going to trade away some young guys for a consolidation move. I'm going to take it. You have comments recently um, from their front office that indicate uh, they're they're aware of what their team needs are. It, it was obvious in the playoffs this year uh, that they don't have enough to get there. Personally, I feel vindicated because I think we all <laughs> called them out for like y'all are cashing in the chips too early. Like they they cut the process short. They did the opposite of trusting the process. And then when they're with their playoff success last year, it was like, oh crap. Well, that kind of worked out for them. This year, regressed to the mean a little bit. I think it, it was more accurate representation of probably where they fit talent-wise. They need another big piece. They're gonna have to get rid of some guys to do that. They're gonna have to pay some money to do so. Uh, the front office has indicated they're they're ready to go into the tax to do that. Um, but you, you can't do that unless, like you said, Jacob, you've, you've got to trim some of those younger prospects off the roster in order to, uh, to reel in a big fish. I think the Hawks so Justin, like DeAndre do you like Hunter the... or John Collins better. Say it again. Do you think the Hawks like DeAndre Hunter or John Collins better for the future? Hunter was good in the playoffs. I was going to say, I kind of think Hunter, Hunter Hunter's but... easy answer for me. But that, that feels more like a like OKC Thunder St. Pressy answer compared to like me question of who the Hawks value more. <laughs> but they struggle with that contract uh, negotiations with Colin. So I I would agree with, I think, how all of our circuit language. Yeah, I would agree with Hunter. Justin, do you like Silva's idea of Rudy Gobert to Atlanta? Or does that not move the needle for you? For some of those young guys? It's interesting um <laughs> because trey and rudy gobert like what a lob partner but this is a pro rudy gobert slander podcast so no i do not like that move for atlanta as much as i hate rudy <laughs> gobert <laughs> um i was watching I, I did it again i was watching jaco's <laughs> lips i'm like what is happening is he lagging <laughs> Justin, if you had to pick one, let's say like <laughs> semi-available uh, player uh, star for Atlanta to target, um, you know, obviously like not a guy like Shea Gilgis Alexander, not a guy like Luka Doncic, but a guy that yeah. you think could be available. Who's that guy? Who's the one that moves the needle? I don't know. Twitter said earlier this week that Shea could be available. Jeez. That is true. <laughs> Come on. Shout out to DeAndre Hunter and two first round picks. Sold. Um, I don't think it was that. I think it was something worse. It, yeah. But J- Justin, who who's who's that guy for you? For well, Atlanta? like you like we said earlier on the the Bulls question, the the class that's out there is not stellar. Um do, Yeah, but but I mean we're open to trades here, so you can go okay. for anybody. Got it. I was going to say, if you're looking free agent, like, could you swing for a Zach Levine? Like we were talking about, I think Mm -hmm. Zach Levine could be very interesting on that team. Um, Trade wise. Again, I think you, I think you do look at, you know, some kind of young interior star that you could pair alongside Trey that 
pick and rolls, lob threats, all that kind of stuff. You like like Siakam? Mm, Are they well. a DeAndre Hunter restricted? Or sorry, DeAndre Hunter. Ayton? DeAndre Ayton restricted free agent team? That's interesting. I was about to say Ayton, but it didn't feel realistic. Okay. Exactly. I mean, if if, if, if Come we on, Taylor, yeah, I just yes. said that he literally sport. just said that like 30 <laughs> seconds ago, bro. Oh, sorry. If, <laughs> if Atlanta called, <laughs> if Atlanta called Phoenix and said like Clint Capella, DeAndre Hunter and a first in a sign and trade for DeAndre, uh, DeAndre Ayton, do you take it? No, <clears throat> I don't think so. I think Kellen Capella might suck now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think so too, but I don't know. I've I, got, I, I think that's kind of fascinating. I've got two names and I think okay. they come at different price tags. So I want you to evaluate the two names based on how much you have to pay to get them. Not who's the better player because sounds good. Also, I just want everyone to know this is the uncontested Atlanta Hawks podcast right now. <laughs> It's like, I like it. Um, again, different price tags. Julius Randall, the other guy in Utah, Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. I, like Mitchell. I don't like either of those in Atlanta. I think that like to me, Mitchell if I'm there. Atlanta, I want a, a six, eight, six, nine kind of versatile defensive minded wing or a big, and neither one of those really do it for me. Dang, so I'm going to get this discussion out. You could get an interested Julius Randle, who was a who was a legit all star when he cared about That's basketball true. and didn't mm, hate the Knicks. Big if <laughs> it is a big it's if. True. You know, you're you're not wrong. But when he when he <laughs> was engaged, Simmons, he was really good. Atlanta. God. Hey, have you guys uh, talked about some Zach sense. Levine maybe to Atlanta? <laughs> I hate you. Ben hate Simmons you. to Atlanta does make some sense. <laughs> no more Ben Simmons talk. Uh, the Hawks, the Hawks could, <laughs> the Hawks could definitely outbid Portland in the Jeremy Grant okay. stakes, right? I actually, oh, I kind of like that one. I sorry, I just sent us down the Hawks path. I again. like that Further. better than Julius Randle. Yeah, I do Same. too. I'm we'll also thinking about Christian Hawks. Wood. Um, Houston. Oh God, not I mean, the basketball. Player. I thought I thought Jacob guessing. used the word defense. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you don't need that. I don't know. It's Atlanta. it's. It's interesting. We'll see what Atlanta does. I, I think they're primed to make some moves, though. Agreed. Silva, you got the next take it or leave it. You get the other OKC Thunder one, Silva. Congratulations. Oh, good. Next season, take it or leave it, the Oklahoma City Thunder will shoot 34.5% or better from three. For reference, that uh, 34.5% from three next season would be a 2.2% jump from this season and this season they were 30th in the league. I got that 34.5% number because that's what the 25th worst team in the league shot from three. So can the Thunder jump those five slots to 25th, shoot around 34.5% or better from three next season? Take it or leave it. I'm taking it for a lot of reasons. I think the guy that the Thunder draft is hopefully a shooter in some way. I think Josh Giddy will improve marginally from three. I think Lou Dort's going to be shooting more threes without a uh, torn labrum throughout the year. Uh, hopefully Shea plays more and gets more catch-and-shoot opportunities rather than taking a bunch of step-backs. 
a bunch of factors in favor of at least a small increase in that three-point percentage. I don't think they're going to be nearly last or dead last. Shady Chart is going to be a great three-point <laughs> shooter. Right. I think that last one you said, Silva, is it is it for me. I think Shea can, can go a long way in shooting this year um by changing his emphasis that step back was very clearly you know something he wanted to work on and by golly he worked on it all season (laughs) long um getting him into maybe more traditional three-point opportunities for him i think it'll be really interesting to see what that does to his percentages shay dropped nearly 12 percentage points on his three-point percentage from wow uh last season to this season he went from 41.8 to 30 percent even do you have those um, attempts, Jacob? 4.9 that, that previous season where he shot f- uh, 41.8 uh, up to 5.3. So we shot almost a half a three That's more. Not a, not a lot more for that big of a drop. That is very yeah. interesting. But you have to remember, like last season, he was playing next to um, like Al Horford, uh, George Hill for a little bit. Like he had a yeah. lot more vets around him that really allowed the floor to be spaced. I This past season, I think, was a real challenge for him. And you know, the, the thing we were all looking forward to post all-star break last year was seeing how Shay and Josh could work together and how Shay could get easier looks to make the game easier for him. We never got to see that. No, I am convinced that that is a, a focal point for he and Josh this summer. Like I would, I would actually be kind of concerned if we could put truth serum in these guys come September, (laughs) October, and they and Josh and Shay both said, "Yeah, we didn't really link up over the summer at all and play together. Like that would yeah. like shock me and kind of worry me. I think those two are going to be in the lab together a lot, um, dude. What I would do, what I would do for whenever we're out at summer league, to just get a a random anonymous unknown caller text <laughs> with it with a Vegas address." Open of gym thund- of where the Thunder players are running their open gym pickup at. Exactly. That's how you end up dead, Jacob. <laughs> Dude, don't go to random addresses from unknown numbers. Especially now that you like said this on the live podcast. If I walked into that random place and they said you got thirty minutes, then we're putting the bullet in your head, and I just got to watch the Thunder pickup run. That's a Craigslist ad. Until <laughs> you wake up without hey, a Jacob, kidney. it's me, Giddy. <laughs> Oh, You're right, goodness. though. I, I agree with that. <laughs> One thing we did want to see Shay do, though, is get to the line more. And we did see that this season, which was promising. So hopefully we see that three-point percentage go up next season. Awesome. Uh, that's all the tickets or leave-its I have for you guys. So anything else before we get off the podcast? Do we need to do a tankathon spin? Is yes. it required? Yes. yes. It feels required. <laughs> Nick it's our is second-to-last Sunday speed. pod. That's right. We can only do this one more one more time. time We do a Sunday Sunday pod. We'll do forty. We'll be forty-eight hours away. (laughs) So we're gonna do forty-eight spins. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) We're just gonna do one each minute. (laughs) Oh my god! Speed round. All right. Speed round. (laughs) All right. Are you guys ready for this? Always. Am I sharing the right screen? Yeah. Basketball reference. (laughs) Whoopsies. Let's get the correct. Even worse. Could have been much worse. <laughs> worse. Uh, Could have been looking at those Craigslist ads. <laughs> as somebody who teaches in public education, mm. let me tell you guys, 
it could have been worse. <laughs> no context. It could have been much, much worse. All right, here we go. Uh, what are your predictions before I hit this button? Seven. And 12? Yeah. Four. Four and 12. Seven and 14. Three and 12. I can't even drop to 14, Nick. <laughs> Literally, the math says it's impossible. I made that mistake last week. I was listening back, and I was like, wait a minute. They can't drop further than 12. I'm getting them, I'm getting them fired up, boys. <laughs> Silva, what's your guess? 3 and 12. 2 and 12. Here we go. Mm. Oh, shit. All 6 right. and 12. Like None <laughs> of us even guessed that, did we? Justin I said did. 7. Oh. I said 7. Okay. You're the oh. closest. I mean, this is what? Gross. This is mathematically the highest probability, right? Yes. Yeah. Hey, stop. Stop. Right. I, hate I don't that. want to talk really about probability. That. Then Look, Nick's jumped is... to 10. That's not probable. That's hell. <laughs> Nick <laughs> dropped to number Sit, 1. Thunder oh, dropped to 6 and 12 on lottery night. They don't make God. any trades. The top 4 are what you think they will be. Number 5 is Shaden Sharp. Who's the Thunder taking at 6, guys? Mm. Oh, Victor reclassifies <laughs> and pushes everybody down a slot, and they trade out for the 2023 <laughs> draft. They're smart. However, <laughs> I think they take Griffin here. Of course, uh, yeah. You do. If Shane's off the board, I think they take Griffin. Dyson Daniels, Phoenix Matherin, Matthews. Those are I, all three guys I'm thinking of. I still take Durin. At six. Oh, wow. I kind of think you still get him at 12. I don't think so. I think he falls yeah. in that sweet spot right between those two numbers. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, that was not fun. No. Let's <laughs> not do, do that again. I, I think it's too good in the podcast, guys. <laughs> we, you want me to do one them. more? God, we're yes. fiends. We got, we got a problem. I hope nobody ever introduces anyone from this podcast to crack cocaine. (laughs) We'd all be in trouble. Here we go. Not again. Not again. Three and 12. So much better. There it is. I'm very happy with three and 12. I told you guys at the start of the podcast, I'm starting to feel more and more. It obviously depends who gets those top two picks. It just feels like Chet could be the guy that slides. I, the, yes. I would, so here I like at one, like Houston at one, Paulo. Two, oh, I see. I think uh, San Antonio would take Chet, I think. Ooh, I, I think San Antonio Jabari. would take Chet. But I don't know. I just I get this feeling that Chet could be the slider here. Yeah. But he's going to show up to the combine in a week and a half, weighing a solid 225. My man's going to be yoked. <laughs> so we'll play the outro music. <laughs> thank you guys so much for joining the podcast tonight we really appreciate you hey like we said uh nine days away we're almost there guys we'll be back with you again monday night with a twitter spaces so make sure you follow us on twitter.com join us for a twitter space tomorrow night then wednesday night we'll be back with your normal scheduled podcast at 8 p.m roughly Another Friday night Twitter spaces and the Sunday live stream once again. And then the week after that for the lottery, obviously our schedule will change a bit. So just be on the lookout for that. Have a great beginning of your week. Hope all the moms that listen to the podcast have a happy Mother's Day. We will talk to you guys soon. Until then, as always, thunder up.